And God is at work. Uh, for the next few weeks, actually, we're going to think about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And there are various metaphors, actually, in the Old Testament to talk about the Spirit of God. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking about those uh, today, thinking about um, the Spirit as the breath of God. And uh, we're actually going to hear from uh, an, a story in the book of Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel th- chapter 37, uh, verses 1 to 14. And it's going to be read to us by Caroline and Philip. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life, and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, we are cut off. Therefore prophesy, and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Amen. Uh, You know, sometimes there are awful atrocities that are committed in our world and we hear about them and and it it changes the world. I'm thinking of the Holocaust, of course, uh, uh, during the Second World War. And another example is, took place in the late 70s in Cambodia under the uh, dictatorship of Pol Pot, who, who, who killed kind of two million of his own people and these people were buried in mass graves known as the killing fields and as they were discovered just mass areas of, full of bones were found and it shocked the world it's totally uh, appalling and Ezekiel has a vision of this kind of scene a mass grave uh, an appalling 
thing has happened, a war crime, a genocide has taken place. There's a valley full of dry bones. Now, if you know the song, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones, it can be a bit of a distraction from the fact that this is a, a terrible scene. Now, you might think, if this was from God, why would God want to reveal to him something so awful? Surely if God's going to give us a vision, he'll give us a vision of something nice. You know, a flower or a beautiful mountain stream. But no, we're told here that the Lord gave Ezekiel a really appalling vision. And we know it was from the Lord because he says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. He made, he's at pains to point out this is a vision from God. But why would God do that? The Spirit is a Spirit of truth. And He wants to lead you and me, everybody through history, into a place of truth, into a place of seeing the truth. But sometimes, if we're honest, the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth can be painful to face. And what Ezekiel was faced with was the truth that his people, the people of Israel, were spiritually and emotionally, and just in terms of who they were, um, they were like a valley of dry bones. And, and we're told that actually in the passage, verse 11, son of man, by the way, the word son of man, it's not referring to son of man like Jesus, it's just saying, just God's title for Ezekiel, you're the son of a man. Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. They'd lost all hope. At that point in history, they'd been carted off into exile by an evil empire, the Babylonians. And they'd lost their land, their homes, their inheritance, their possessions. They'd lost their identity. All hope was gone. They'd been cut off. And their life was effectively like dry bones. Now sometimes when we look at it and face the facts, we might say, Do you know what, I'm in a situation where all hope is lost. I feel a bit like I've dried up. I've, I'm stuck. Maybe you're stuck in a, 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 a situation, whether it's at, at work or maybe through a relationship. And you can be in that position where I, I don't see a way out here and it feels like all, all hope has gone. I'm cut off. I've dried up here. I'm not living. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says that actually, uh, he, he's talked to the Ephesian church and he says to them, actually, uh, before you knew Christ, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions in, and sins in which you used to live. But when the Spirit comes and points out that there's death in a situation, when it's a bad situation, He doesn't do it to, to just leave us in that place. <laughs> to leave us in that place. It's, you know, like you might watch a horror show and it's awful. Or you might, you know, some music, some, some art, some TV stuff, it's kind of bleak and it just leaves you in that place of feeling bleak. God never does that. God's purpose for revealing something that's not great, that, that, that might be a bad situation, His purpose is to show see what I'm going to do, because I'm going to transform this situation. I can change this. And he says to Ezekiel, 
Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> now, the human answer, right, is, of course not. Dry bones, no chance. But Ezekiel knows God. And so he knows God must be doing this for a reason. And he says, well, okay, it's a good answer, actually. Lord, you know. I've got no idea how they could live, but you know. And it's true, God knows. And the message of this passage is saying there is always hope with God. There is always hope with the Holy Spirit. Can these bones live? Yet yeah, you know, Lord. And again, God shows his solution. Now, God could have said, see what I'm going to do. I'm going to breathe on these bones and they're going to come to life and they're going, to, they're going to come back to life. We're going to see a resurrection right before your eyes. But he doesn't say that. God actually says, son of man, you're going to speak to them. You're going to prophesy to these bones. You're going to speak and then see what happens. And this is so like God. God loves to partner with us. He loves to use people like you and me as his mouthpiece, as his spokesperson. We've heard Daph testify to God's goodness. We've heard David praying. We've heard Tanya telling the story of what God has done. God loves to speak through his people. He chooses to do that. He did that on the day of Pentecost. So they're all filled with the Spirit. They're, 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 they're emboldened. They've gone from being a fearful bunch to being full of faith. And what happens? Peter stands up and he proclaims what God is doing. He is God's mouthpiece on that day. He's God's spokesperson. And you can be too. God wants to speak through you, through me. You might not see it. You might think, my life's just a bunch of dry bones. You might not feel the hope. But trust me, this is what God loves to do. He uses ordinary people like you and like me. So Ezekiel obeys God. And that's really all we've got to do as well. We've got to be people willing to be obedient, willing to do what we're told. God gives him the instruction, prophesy, say to these bones, um, you, you know, uh, hear the word of the Lord, and then breath will come, you'll come to life, I'll attach tendons, flesh, skin, and then you will know that I'm the Lord. And so Ezekiel says, I prophesied as I was commanded. Now just imagine that for a minute. Right, here's your job. Speak to a bunch of dead bones. A bit weird, right? Ezekiel, if you read the whole book, he had to do some pretty weird stuff. But he did it, because God told him. Now sometimes people do weird things in the name of God, and God never told them to do it. <laughs> They're just weird, all right? But in this case, Ezekiel was obedient to the voice of God. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Something started to happen. By God's grace, by the word of God, by the spirit of God, there's a, there's a shaking, there's a movement. But I want you to notice, it didn't all happen at once. God promises, I will put breath into these bones. But it didn't happen straight away. First there was the rattling. And the bones start to shape up and come together. Then there's the flesh and the tendons and the skin. 
the, bone, the bodies start to form. But then we're told there was no breath in them. They were being formed. But at that point, there was still no breath. And because there was no breath, there was no life. It was a gradual thing. It was a process. And I want to say that when God moves, it can be a process. Often it just, you know, we, all, we live in this instant culture. We want everything. We want it now. But God works in his time. I want to just throw an idea out here. Has God been reshaping our bones, the bones of us as a church, both locally and nationally and globally, because he's wanting to breathe new life? But he's been doing this and preparing us for this. Are we being shaped? Are we being molded? So that then the breath will come. But when the breath comes, you want to be ready, right? So these bones, you know, if the breath had come on the bones, it wouldn't have done anything, but all the flesh had to come first. When God comes, sometimes it's a process. The thing to do is just be obedient to God in the process. Just listen. Just follow Him through. Sometimes it's step by step. God does what God does in His timing. And we can't rush Him. So again, the word comes. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Now the word breath is the same as the word wind, and is the same as the word spirit in the original language this was written in, in Hebrew. The word is ruach. And that word comes ten times in this passage. And it's the same word in Hebrew for a reason. The wind, the breath, is the life, is the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit, there is deadness. You know, some communities, there's, there's a deadness. Some churches, there's a deadness. But when the Spirit comes, there is life. When God breathes, there is life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. Breath. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. They were resurrected. Talks later about people, God opening up the graves. As Christians, we look ultimately to the resurrection of Jesus, who was brought back from the dead by the Spirit. The same Spirit dwells in you as you trust in Jesus. The same power, that extraordinary power that caused Jesus to rise from the dead is in you as you put your trust in Christ. Holy Spirit, come. For these people in Ezekiel's day, the promise was that they would be able to go back to their homelands. They will settle and they will know that the Lord is God. He says, I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and you'll be in your own land. But this passage wasn't ultimately fulfilled until the day of Pentecost when the spirit is poured out on all flesh and not just one person like Ezekiel prophesies but all people, sons, daughters, old men, young men, visions, dreams, so on. This is the fulfillment 
And we live in that day to day. So I want to encourage you today to be open to the Holy Spirit's work, to what he wants to do. Right now, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel knew that the hand of the Lord was on him. Now, when we trust in Jesus, the Spirit is always with us. He's always in us. Daft testified the fact she knew that God loved her all the way along. But there are those times when we know the hand of the Lord is kind of resting on us. I want to say if you're sensing that, even right now, don't rush away. Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for the people he wants you to speak to. The hand of the Lord is resting on us. Will we let him rest? You know, Jesus, as he rose up out of the waters of baptism, what happened? The Holy Spirit came and rested on him like a dove. So today we want to be receiving the Holy Spirit afresh. Just as you're at home, and those of us that are sitting here, let's just sit and, and be quiet in God's presence for a moment. Perhaps you want to open your arms up. I find it helpful to do that. It's just a physical gesture. It doesn't, you, know, it's, you don't have to, but I, I find it helpful to hold up my hands just as a way I'm, I'm ready to receive Holy Spirit afresh. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't force himself on you, but... But know that there is power when he comes and rests on you. May you know his hand on you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and breathe afresh into us. Those of us, yeah, just why don't you just do this with me right now? Just take a breath. Take a deep breath physically. It's a very physical passage we looked at. Take a deep breath in. And as you breathe in the air, know that you're breathing in the Holy Spirit. What is God's end game? God's end game is that we know him. It says at the end of verse 6 here, then you will know that I'm the Lord. It says in verse 13, my people will know that I'm the Lord. What does the Spirit want us to do? He wants us to know the Lord. He wants us to know Father. He wants us to know Jesus. He wants us to know who we are in Him. Now, I can't scientifically prove the existence of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes, you know, when you know, you know, you know. You just know. He's in you. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way among us. We surrender to you. We submit to you.
in this church. We have a prayer line and if you would value receiving prayer, just text that number. See, the Holy Spirit knows you. He's on your case right now. And he is good. And as Daph said, let's trust the Holy Spirit. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to sing in a minute. Spirit, lead me. Where my trust is without borders. Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Would you be... Lord, in this church, bless you, God. Lead me where my...